welcome to episode 182 of the Whatnots Review Show, where every week we pick a story and we talk about it. This could be a movie, TV series, anime, comic book, audio drama, all kinds of entertainment. We watch it, read it, listen to it, and then we come back here and we discuss it. My name is Melissa Wilkinson, and I am joined by my co-captain, Kyle Springer. Hello, co-captain indeed. It's good to be here. I, I, I mentioned on the the captain's log that we recorded like two, two, two days ago for some odd reason it felt like we hadn't podcasted in a long time <laughs> even though that's not true it still feels mm. like that like my weird sense of understanding time is is still uh still happening this weekend so here we are though on the review show how's your weekend been it's been nice I had to go to shopping yesterday, I ate tacos and ice cream. It was a big Ooh. day. We, I almost got tacos. I had a quesadilla last night. Solid. Uh, really good. Yeah. It was fantastic. Um, yeah. The Leftovers. Season two. Yeah. That's what we're talking about this week. We normally watch... A brand new something every week on the show. And frequently we would have to watch only season one of something. And we've been doing ongoing monthly series for the last year and a half or so. Leftovers is the latest of these. We watched season mm -hmm. one at the end of September. Now we're watching season two. And at the end of the month, look for our episode where we watch the third and final season. Yeah. Usually we do these at the end of each each month, yeah. but uh, October, we kind of like to push that one out of October and only focus on spooky stuff. So here we are yeah. in early November uh, doing this one, Leftovers Season 2. So to, I, I, I'm going to assume that you listen to our stuff on Season 1. Um, of course, there will be spoilers for all of that stuff. We will be talking about it in depth and all of that. Um, but just first, right off the top, like what, what were your kind of general thoughts about season two? I really liked it. I was impressed by season one, and I was not anticipating that there would be, even then, an upswing in quality. Season yeah. two is great. Yes, I, I think I kind of want to mimic that and 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 say, yeah, that season two was much more captivating to me than yeah. season one was. I enjoyed season one. I recognized the quality and the work that went into it, but it was not necessarily for me. If like mm. I, it's, it's one of those weird things of like, yeah, I liked it. I enjoyed it. Just not my favorite, right? Uh, mm. But th this was a lot more along the lines of something that was like, okay, this th I'm interested. Like th this has my attention, and I'm I'm fully captivated with season two. Um, mm -hmm. I I I think again, just spoiler free, but I I think. In general, the the show kind of dives into more mysteries than what we got in yeah. season one. Like season one was just weird. Like there was maybe some odd coincidences or like, OK, there's this strange cult, but that's kind of about it. 
this actually does start to bring in some more mysteries and just some even weirder things that you're like, how is this all going to play in to this show? Uh, from the opening scene, which is happening in uh-huh. like prehistoric t- times, to yes. to just weird things happening, just weird mentions of angelic beings and odd occurrences. It's just like I don't, yeah, it, like it seems season two was just on a whole nother level. Uh, from it was season one. Yeah, it's. It starts with a 10 minute sequence where we follow a cave woman thousands of years ago, and it ends with a karaoke song with life or death consequences. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and in between, there is this like crime <laughs> mystery. Um, yeah. Uh, this like missing girl and. Uh, and what may have happened to 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 her uh but yeah it's it this was a lot more interesting i'm now just kind of baffled at how they're gonna end this show because there's only one more season after this so i i don't know Mm. if it's gonna be something that just is left open to interpretation or Mm. will they somehow tie these plot threads up in a satisfying way i don't know but it's 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 hooked me en- enough that i'm just like i want to see how this ends but i don't know how it's gonna end at all yeah now. i know um, nothing yeah yeah so good stuff i'm i'm now more willing to recommend this show uh yeah like, yes go watch this there is some inter- interesting stuff there um I I love that it is a very serious prestige drama on massive, high-level existential questions, but it also has the energy of a Vine compilation. It kind <laughs> like of does, was, to be honest. <laughs> that was how I figured out to understand the energy of this show. Like, I looked up vines that radiate chaotic energy, and on several of them, I'm like, yeah, that's the leftovers. That's what the leftovers does. It really is just chaos. Like, the, the, yeah. there's just so much that's happening, but also in a weird way, it's just going in a big cycle. Because yeah. like some, <laughs> yeah. some, like, larger plot stuff that's happening in there is also kind of the same stuff that happened in season one. Uh, mm-hmm. especially by the end of the, the season you see it and you're just like huh okay this is kind of mirroring what happened in season one interesting um but but yeah it, it, it was good i had a lot more f- f- fun with season two than i did season one here so yes good stuff indeed uh kind of a plot synopsis i think is what we should do next yeah. it's all, always awkward to do these like middle seasons <laughs> of like here's a plot synopsis but it's also we're here's what we're catching up on i, I don't know <laughs> it's uh, well after the end of last season where uh kevin got jill out of the guilty remnant 
Tommy dropped a baby off on their porch and Noah was and uh, Nora was going to leave. But instead, she's like, look, Kevin, I found a baby. That's where we left our family. And season two begins with the four of them, uh, Kevin and Nora and Jill and little baby Lily, who they adopted. They are going to leave Mapleton behind and move to Jardin, Texas, which is the only town on Earth that experienced no departures. And the surrounding that town, there's a new national park that has been erected named Miracle. Miracle National Park. And all these people are making pilgrimage to go to Miracle because they think the town is blessed and they want to, like, drink the river water and stuff like that. It's really tricky to actually live, to, like, move into the town if you didn't live there before. It's super protected. So they get into this odd little town. It wasn't odd to begin with, but that circumstance of having not lost anybody in the departure has made it a strange place where people like ritualistically repeat the things that they did that day in the beliefs that they uh, in the belief that this will keep them safe, that this is a good luck charm. Yeah. And they encounter a family called the Murphys and their daughter goes missing uh, along with two of her friends. And that's a season long mystery of what in the world happened to these girls. Is this a secondary departure? Because they're really hard to track down. It's like, well, did they vanish like they did three or four years ago on October 14th? Yeah, yeah, it's it's de- 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 definitely an interesting mystery. I like that more crime aspect because I'm a big crime yeah. show fan. So that part of it pulled me in of like, yeah, was this a murder? Is this a kidnapping? Is this a second disappearing? What happens? Like there's there's some really strange circumstances going on here and that that was i think the thing that drew me in of just like i i want to see what happens with this um yeah i i do have to say i felt uh the kind of idea of miracle this this Uh place in texas is both ridiculous and on the nose and also so something that I can totally see happening in Texas, this like mm. really religious experience of just like, yeah, God spared us like he loves mm. our town like we're devout Christians. We do all it's just it's just like this weird, eerie feeling of this like super yeah. religious town that's like. I on one hand, I don't believe that. But on the other hand, it's like, oh, yeah, that that, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> And that is a conflict throughout the season of people who believe, yes, this town is magic. Magic things happen here. Blessed things Mm -hmm. happen here. And other people who are like, no, it was a fluke. I'm grateful we still have everybody we started with on the morning of of October 14th. But this isn't a magic place. Don't go around saying this is a magic place. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Um. Yeah, de- de- definitely a step up, I think, from season one. Mm. I'm hoping season three continues that trend, uh, which we will cover at the end of the month here. So mm-hmm. good stuff. Uh, final thoughts on like or sp- spoiler free thoughts you want to say before we get into spoilers and stuff like that? No, let's just get into it. Let's do our housekeeping and then get into the spoilers. Sounds I'm good. excited. Sounds good. Uh, So, yeah, we will be right back. We're going to take a quick 
break for some housekeeping, and then we will get into spoilers after that. So we will be right back. We put a lot of hard work into the shows that we make, and yes, we make multiple different shows here at The Whatnots, and we'd love it if you would check them all out. You can find out more information on our website at thewhatnots.com, as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice. When you type in The Whatnots, all of our shows will pop up right there. Just don't forget to give us a nice rating and review if you like the shows. If you want to support what we do here at The Whatnots, patreon.com slash The Whatnots is the best place to do that. You can support us for as little as a dollar a month. You can get all kinds of exclusive content at the $3 tier. You can also get a shout out and thank you on all of our shows at the $5 tier. You can support us on Twitch by subscribing to our channel at twitch.tv slash the whatnots. And we would love to have you all join us for our live streams and talk with us in the chat. And lastly, we have merch. If you want to grab yourself a shirt or a sweatshirt or a mug or something else, go to the whatnots.com slash store to pick up some merch today. And we are back. Big shout out to all of our Patreon supporters, especially those at the $5 tier and above. So thank you to Sam. We appreciate you. Thanks, Sam. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Cool things that we have been doing here at the Whatnots. Uh, on the Captain's Log this past week, you and I just made a bunch of like recommendation lists, I think is the best yeah. way to put that. Yeah, we have so many things that we've covered here on the review show that it can kind of get overwhelming. Um, mm. So we we thought we should make some top five lists or not necessarily like these are the best of the best out there of all time, but just like, hey, mm. of the things that we have covered on the review show. Yeah. Here are our top five mystery stories. Here's our top five mm. comics. Here's our top five romances or who knows what. Um, mm. And I think throughout however long we keep doing this show, I'm sure we'll update them and do all that stuff. And uh, I think the idea is to eventually make some short YouTube videos on on yeah. these to just help signpost. <laughs> people and be like hey look at this stuff it's neat it's fun it's good mm. uh that being said crossplay our video game podcast uh is still trucking along i think they recorded yesterday i was not on mm -hmm. that one uh i won't be on the one next week so it's it's gonna be interesting to see what they what they do for those ones here i have no idea but we have a video game podcast and it is a video game season Right now, a whole bunch of big, important ah. games are coming out. Uh, the next big one that I'm looking forward to is Pokemon out on the 19th. Pokemon. Pokemon how? Pokemon which? Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. It's a remake okay. of like the okay. third generation, I think it was. Third or fourth one. I don't remember. Yeah. But yeah, remakes of those games and i never played those ones so i'm excited to hop into these ones there you go nice is that johto i did i i'm not that big of a pokemon fan i don't I, think I, it's johto i think that was like the first or second region if i'm maybe. not mistaken um 
See, I, I never played a Pokemon game. I only know the anime and I have trouble mapping the generations of the games to like the eras of the anime. That makes sense. I, I just kind of played through them and moved on. Like I'm not big yeah. into like catching shinies or b- breeding them or fighting them. Like I'll, I, I just like I'll play the game and it's good. It's fun. And that's it. <laughs> so that's a fine way to live. Yeah, indeed. But with that, I say we move on to our spoiler section so we can start breaking this down. So here we go. We're in spoiler territory now. Here we are. Um, man, so we have to start with this opening scene and yeah. <laughs> how we interpret this and what we think the implications are. This was wild. So, yeah, you you had watched, I think, the first two before I did did it. And mm-hmm. I was like, hey, I'm a- about to start. And you were like, OK, at least let me prepare you. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, OK. And you're like, it opens up with brand new characters. But not only that, it starts in like pr- like caveman times. And we follow this cave woman for like 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah, I think I timed it and it is like 11 minutes with with this unnamed anonymous cave woman. Yeah. And and and, and then you you went on to to say, like, we don't see a character that we know uh, until like the final 10 minutes of this episode. Um. And, and so, yeah, it was just it was an interesting kind of shocking experience to to start season two this. But as I know, we will keep bringing up throughout our conversations of the leftovers here. I'm kind of used to that with Lost. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Like in that show, like you, we would get these things where like all of a sudden it's in like a completely different time period and we're following characters. Mm-hmm. We don't know who they are. How does this play in? Why are they these two people dressed in white and black on this beach? Just chilling. It looks like they're cavemen or something like that. So it, it, it had that similar vibe, right? Where it's like, OK, this kind of feels familiar in a weird way, but it's also I have no idea what I'm watching or how this is playing in because season one played its cards very close to its chest in terms of mm. saying what the departing was this departure thing was like is this religious is this scientific is this supernatural is it aliens i don't i don't know right like is we don't know what um and this is almost getting into not i would say supernatural but it's still it's still not right like because the Mm. the story we get is this cave woman wakes up in the middle of the night because she has to pee walks outside she's super pregnant while she Mm. is peeing there's an earth uh the cave that she lives in with all of her family collapses they all die Mm. and she's stuck outside she's the only survivor 
if they're not immediately dead, they will soon be dead because it's there. Seemingly, that was the one entrance, and it's covered in rocks that she can't move. See their bodies, but yeah, right. And she immediately goes into labor to have this baby, and then her and the baby just wander around. Uh, and she gets bit by a snake, and her arm gets all gross, and then she dies. And then season two of the leftovers. Well, 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 then, then uh, a second woman c- c- comes yes. up, another cave woman, and picks up the baby, 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 who's just been left there in the arms of this dying, or yeah. this now dead cave woman. And that's it. Smash cut to modern day times, like the right. leftovers, season two. It's just like, what? <laughs> what is going on here? It's so. It's entirely, it's, this isn't like those flashbacks on Lost. This is not, I don't think anybody we know is a descendant of this cave family. It's scene setting. It, well, you if never they know. are, what is, what anybody could be, what does it matter? What does it do for us if John Murphy is descended from cave woman? I mean, it, it, like, that's, that's the thing. So, <sighs> This is kind of skipping ahead of a bit here, but there's another theory that comes into play that certain people are l- 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 lenses, right? That they <laughs> they are these so-called like magnifying g- yeah. g- 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 glasses, like a kid with a magnifying glass burning an ant. That wherever they are, like bad things kind of happen around yeah. them because they just focus all of this stuff on onto the people that is that are surrounding them it might be something like that it might be a, a curse right that somehow nora is maybe descended from these I, people <laughs> or i don't know like it, it's just I, wild speculation i want to ask you did you take the lens theory seriously after the woman on the phone tells Nora, we think you're a lens and we think you're a vessel for the demon Asriel. No, not at all. <laughs> but I, it's still like that doesn't mean that they're necessarily wrong about that part, that there might be certain characters that like <laughs> bad things happen more often they're, around. They're them lightning for rods. Some yeah. Reason. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I don't think she is the vessel for the demon <laughs> Azrael. <laughs> and she oh, has honestly. the same reaction too. She busts out laughing and is just like, I'm gonna hang it up. This is ridiculous. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the the cave woman's story, I think, is meant to set up that even if Jarden believes this miracle happened here, we are blessed. It's something that Michael says in, you know, when he's speaking to the church in the final episode. Yeah, we were blessed that day. We didn't lose anybody that day, but we've lost so many people before then. And we're going to lose people after. One day doesn't make the entire town uh, a magical sacred place. And it's showing that even centuries beforehand, humanity and, and the ground we walk on and the places we live and that we call home and that we call a special place are marked by a lot of loss, a lot of tragedy. Right, yeah. But there's also always the opportunity to start over. The woman and her whole family die, but also we presume they die. Maybe there was a back entrance and they do get out of the cave. We really don't know. And the little baby gets picked up by a new cave mom. Yeah. Things can, there's tragedy, but there's also 
renewal, there's hope. And that cycle of tragedy and renewal seems baked into what this show is. You nailed it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I, I think if I don't think we've clarified yet, but this cave woman that we're talking about is also living in Jarden, what would one day yes. become J -J -J Jarden. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, it's this centuries old cave woman living in what is now Texas. Um, yeah, yeah. It fades so, away from yeah. her lying dead on the rocks to Evie and her friends swimming in the river. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's just it's an interesting scene. It's an interesting way to start the show that I think yeah. for some people is going to spark all kinds of theories and stuff of like, oh, this is an ancient curse or it's somehow someone's related to this cave woman. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think what you you said. Nailed it. Exactly. It also sets up on just a practical matter. Jarden's full of earthquakes and always has been. Earthquakes yep. are a problem here. Yep, indeed. Um, so I think next we need to talk about Evie. Uh, ah, because she's what like the next character that we meet after this mm. cave woman here. I I liked her a lot. I I I thought yeah. uh, she was a fascinating character because. Yeah, we we don't see we we see I think like two maybe three flashes that she's a little different, right? There is this scene where she's playing catch in the backyard with her dad and she tells this joke and it is just this like oddly nihilistic joke that is is yeah. just like whoa, where is that coming from? Uh, mm -hmm. and then we get these flashes of like her running naked through the woods. That was which so mysterious. The running really naked come through the back woods into play. I just no like, it's no just... you you see it. Yeah, it's her and her two friends running naked through the woods, and it's not like we are escaping. We've been attacked. Somebody yeah. stole our clothes. We are running away. It's it's not that, and it's also not the joy of. Uh, flashing someone <laughs> of just running around yeah. naked it seems really focused and almost like it's like an athletic challenge to them like we're going to run naked in the woods for, for health or something it's a challenge to ourselves like they've got this very intense look on their faces that you really do not know how to read you had no context for this yeah. and at the end of the season i'm still not exactly sure what that means maybe this is Oh, maybe Meg's starting a new guilty remnant uh, initiation challenge. Before you put on the white clothes, you have to run around naked. Yeah, but we're we're not sure. Like, is this the woods in Jarden? Is this outside of Jarden? Where we're like, there's just no. Yeah, it's just woods. Yeah, there's just it's it's there's seemingly no rhyme or reason to see them doing this, but it's. Like right at the start of this sh show where it's like, you know, something is up like you, you you're starting to get the picture of like, OK, something's about to happen here. And yeah, it's just it's a weird scene. Um, but beyond that, like she seems happy. She seems fine. She seems yeah to just like she's in a great family. Um, and yeah, like it just everything seems 
normal for them, mm. except those like small instances. It's just like, huh, okay, weird. Um, yeah, and it's this. We follow the Murphy family through the majority of episode one, and I was wondering, like, is this a show that just sort of hits a restart button every season? We're with a completely different family in a different part of the country. We have no tethers back to what we know until the. I forget if what happens first is that we see them at church and then their pastor brings out his friend, Matt Jameson, and his wife, Mary, or if it's the fact that the Garveys move in next door. The characters we know from Mapleton have moved over here to this blessed town. I think we see the Garveys first. Okay. Uh, I think. Because I know there is a moment where, like, they look out uh, out of their porch and, like, there's a, a house next to them that, that's vacant and we see the Garvings getting out of their truck and there is this like musical hit when you see kevin that just seems like it should be labeled in the captions like sexy justin throw music <laughs> exactly um and yeah it, it is this awkward uh like hi new neighbor hi neighbor that was standing awkwardly on your porch uh okay hi <laughs> Just this awkward scene and first meeting there. But almost immediately, I think now this is getting into number two here, but almost immediately that first day when the Garveys move in, they mm. get invited to the birthday of their neighbors. This is where we learn that Evie also has uh, epilepsy. Um, she gets these seizures um, mm. and, and and she ends up dr dropping the birthday cake. That's also one of those moments that like tragic, eh, not not that something is wrong. Right. But it, 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 it just adds to the feeling that like something is about yeah. to happen. And Here. adds to the different mystery threads when you do find out that she has disappeared. Did mm. she go swimming? have a seizure and drown and if so where right. where did her body end up yeah or was she running naked out in the woods and had one and just yeah mm -hmm. didn't have help um but it's just it's like oddly tense the whole time that they're at this party like I think Kevin Gagagari feels like doesn't really want to say he's a cop or he used to be um it's it's also like just like knowing what that town is and what all they believe. It's interesting to see some, someone from the outside then move in. Yeah, like they yeah. are the outsiders being like, "Will you accept us?" All that stuff, and uh, the Murphys are, are like, "So who are you guys really, though?" And Why there's did a you move in here. There, there's a very tense moment where it starts out nice. It's um, uh, Erica, the mom, is telling the story about how one day when the when their kids were little, they 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 kept running the bath tap and like they overflowed the the bathtub and all the bathroom and there's all this water pouring down the stairs and she tells it like it's this funny cute story, and then one of the, one of the Garveys looks at John and it's like, that's wild, John. What did you say? And he's like. I didn't say anything. I was in jail for attempted murder. Yeah. <laughs> and then like the thermostat of the entire party changes. Exactly. And then to make things weirder, that night is when everything happens. Yeah. Um, so 
Kevin out sleepwalking. We don't know why. Yes, he does. We, we don't even find that out yet at, at the first mm. thing. But the, the lake that we saw Evie and her friends swimming at the day before, uh, that lake has now completely drained and no one noticed. Uh, and Well, there's a... The earthquake caused like a big crevice, like it cracked open the ground underneath the lake and it seems like it just poured into the ground and like that's how it was drained and there's just like which is fish what we around. find out but we don't find that out until uh like episode like six or seven uh, where they explain no, that, I... like it was probably one of the earthquakes that uh, opened up a uh, thing like i i i like you just see this lake and it was like that was just filled with water what the hell happened Why? like how, I... how how does that happen it seemed pretty clear to me that it was because of the earthquake. Like we see like a large crevice in the lake bed. I never put that together like until they explicitly mention it. Like, oh, it was so you probably thought all this. The... <laughs> well, I, you thought the water was also departured. I, like that's the thing of, of like they haven't explained. Is this scientific? Is it man-made? Is it supernatural? Okay. All that stuff. So it's just here's another mystery. Like all of this lake water is gone on top wow. of that. Yeah. These three girls whose car is at the mm. lake. All all their stuff is still inside. The music mm. is still on. They're gone. We don't know what happened. And then it's like the start of the third one where we see Kevin waking up with a cinder block uh, tied to his leg, like at the bottom of what would have been this lake on the same night that these girls went missing. And so you're just sitting there like. What happened? There's a lot of hooks in this season that I really dug a lot of mystery and interesting threat hooks one of which is that yeah kevin we know he's got this habit of sleepwalking and like doing things that he isn't conscious of and he wakes up with a cinder block tied to his leg in this lake bed where he would have drowned and died if the earthquake hadn't opened up a hole that then all the water flowed into yeah and he wakes up he doesn't know where he is and like in his he gets up out of the lake bed and he, he looks at this car and there's a scene where he like kind of puts his hand in the car and like peers through the windows like, is anybody in here? Like, is, is, did somebody die? Yeah. And so there's his palm print with like mud on it on the car. And that's this threat hanging over him for the entire season as the disappearance of this girls of these girls are being investigated that him and and Nora, he does tell all of this to Nora. She's aware of it. They're like, Eventually, they're going to find that palm print that <laughs> they're going to know that Kevin was there. And it's going to be very difficult for him to explain that he had nothing to do with this. Right. Because he doesn't remember. So it's very possible yeah. that he could have done something. Yeah. And he just not know. Um, yeah. He believes that he didn't. And Nora believes that he didn't. But there is still that like one percent chance of. Well, nobody really knows for sure. Who right. knows what Kevin does when he's asleep? One time he kidnapped Patty. Exactly. Uh, which I think is also one of my favorite conceits of season two is that Patty mm. is still a character despite her being dead. Yeah. She is this kind of 
ghost slash invisible friend that is haunting Mm. Kevin. She's not all like ghost looking or like decomposing or stuff like that. Yeah, she is her full solid self, uh, but only Kevin can see 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 her. Um, there's mm-hmm. actually a video game that does something very similar. It's Batman Arkham Knight. Uh, I think oh. it's that one. Yeah, Batman Arkham Knight, uh, where the Joker has died, mm. uh, but he's still like Batman is still seeing him. And you'll like walk by something and he'll be standing there just like, you're really going to go in there, Bats? Like, I wouldn't do that. And he's just like... <laughs> Having this conversation with this dead character that he had this really intense yeah, relationship this dead and connection with. Yeah. Um, right. That's a really interesting comparison point. Yeah, yeah. He's stuck with Patty and Patty is not she is not choosing to haunt him. She's stuck to him and she's like, I also don't know why I'm here. I can't tell you what I want. I can't like I don't know. I don't know what you're supposed to do, Kevin. I'm just here to hang around you and <laughs> sinisterly sing never going to give you up at you. I'm yeah. just I'm just a cosmic after the grave Rick roll, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was fantastic when she started singing that. <laughs> <laughs> and it it reminded me of that scene in the second to last episode of season 1 where we flash back to the day before the departure and Jill's like 13, 14 years old and she's showing her dad like, there's this really funny internet video and she shows him the end cat flying yeah. around. Yeah. Oh, just just an echo of a, another time a meme just happened at Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, there's so there's so many like smaller mysteries in this too like we don't get to know anything about the guy on the pillar in no. the middle of town uh we get it like takes one a or long... two details but that's it yeah like, we don't know anything um one of my favorite mini mysteries is the man who keeps killing goats this happens in episode right. one i think maybe it like it is the murphys all going out to lunch at a diner and this guy just comes in he's leading like a goat on a rope he lays down a sheet of like plastic you know like a plastic canvas like on the ground slits the goat's throat and then like drag like wraps it all up and drags all of it out of there and everybody treats it really normal like like they treat it like it's a nuisance like uh jerry now there's blood over here come on somebody get a mop jerry came in with the goat again like they don't (laughs) act like it's shocking they don't act like it's a crime just that it's he did it annoy- annoying this time. Like, he didn't aim right. <laughs> the blood's all over the place. We see this happen, like, a couple more times. Or, like, we see him leading goats around. He's always got a new goat from somewhere. And it's in, like, the last episode that we find out that's what he did the morning of the 14th. He needed to slaughter a goat for whatever reason. Perhaps he's a farmer. It was time to harvest goat meat or whatever for some reason. And he believed then that, oh, that must have done it. This was like a sacrifice to protect the town. So periodically from then on, like he just keeps killing goats. They have that big fundraiser night for the, you know, getting more money to help track down the girls. And he comes in with a goat and Erica's like, no, do not kill a goat here. I'm done with this. Cut it out. Yeah. 
it's so like it's it's strange because like I I I think by going to these different locations, he feels like he's sacrificing the goat for the people there, there yeah, at that I've location. I have protected this diner, and he's yeah, and he is doing it nobly. He's like, I really want those girls to be found. Let me kill a goat yeah. here symbolically to protect them. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's still strange of just like. You, I don't know where you were when you <laughs> killed that first goat, but you think it protected the whole town. Why do you think you now need to go to specific spots to then right. protect that? Why it do you think you need to re-up town, that much? Right? Like, right. you can just do it from your barnyard and protect the whole mm-hmm. town that way. Um, yeah, it's just I also like, like small stuff like that, which is good. The, we also see a woman wearing a wedding dress, just like watering her lawn very early in the season. And you find out that that morning, she tried on a wedding dress and she then felt that that was also a ritual act of protection. And now every day she doesn't wear it all the time, but for at least like an hour every day, she puts that wedding dress back on mm-hmm. and she's like uh, something tourists go to see. Like she's on like the sightseeing map of Jarden and she takes pictures with people and she seems nice. <laughs> Yeah. Like Jarden's such an odd little town where this huge thing happened or didn't happen and everything became very symbolic and it affected how people live and how people think. But there is still a sense of small town friendliness there. Like that woman in the wedding dress doesn't seem to have any uppity attitude. Like it was me. I protected the town. Everybody should come see me, the wedding dress lady. Seems yeah. like she just hangs out in like a lawn chair. People come by. She's like, do you want a photo? Like she's not pushing. I forget who it is that drives by your house. Maybe it's Nora or somebody, but she's not pushing I, them to get a photo. She's like, we'll do you get want one? To that. Yeah. At a sec here. Um, but yeah, there, there's a whole bunch of things like that. Uh, there's also the like researcher that we spend like 15 yeah. minutes following and he's oh my just God. going around. Is it just like, <laughs> it just what, what a socially inept asshole. Like he's not yeah. even trying to be, but he's just, he's just has, he's so focused on his own thing and his numbers and his mm. research. Uh, and I think those are the people that believe that Nora is the vessel for as real, which is ridiculous. Yes. But like they that's seem also... completely legitimate up until the point where the voice on the phone, who I think was Penny. I saw Sonia Walger's name in the credits. Oh, really? Like, I think that was the only British woman in this episode. So that's our, our one lost recurring character until she like... tells Nora, we believe you are Lynn's. We believe you are a vessel for a demon. Yeah. So like I like I want to know more about this like outside research. Like what research has been done? Like that is something that is yeah. interesting to me that the show avoids kind of for the sake of mystery, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh when Nora is trying to sell her house and the people from well- <laughs> from mit come and they're like we want to buy your house we'll give you like three million or however much they what it they got i think she wasn't trying to sell it they came to her with the offer first and they're like you lost your three family members right here we think this is a geographical hot spot maybe for for departures we want to study what your house is 
we'll give you $3 million for the house. And I think that's when then she goes to Kevin and she's like, Kevin, do you want to get out of here? I just got all of this money for my house. And they there's a real charge spend like all of that money on buying their house in an auction because they what a, the, the house that they were going to be in got burned down by John Murphy. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. Which I love didn't even know <laughs> this season is a lot of cause and effect that you see happening. Things that mm-hmm. are. Things that set up something else later and none of the parties are aware of that. I'm not sure if the Murphys ever put together that the Garveys live next door to them because John burned that guy's house down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so they'd intended to just rent. Well, they were going to rent this house. Just go to Jarden, get like get away from everything for like six months and then get their heads clear and then maybe go back to Mapleton. But then when they find out that that house it's is burned down there's a housing auction because housing in jarden for any outsiders that want to move in it's so rare it's so lucrative now right and gets into this auction and she just got that big payment for her old house and she's so determined we're going to live here we're going to have a fresh start we're going to live in this safe place i'm going to feel safe again knowing that nobody's going to take kevin and jill and lily and, and matt and mary away from me I'm going to put down everything I have to buy this house. And then they move into the house and it is a mess. Awful house. It is just it's a wreck. Like, do, you, do you regret overbidding now, Nora, now that you don't have money to fix the plumbing? Yeah. Um, so before we get on to like where the mystery actually went and mm. the finale, we do need to talk about uh, John Murphy's father. And all the mm. stuff that happens between him and Kevin and all yeah. of that stuff. So we were run into this mysterious guy, uh, like right at the start when the Murphys first get to Miracle. And just one of those mysterious circumstances where it's like, hey, <laughs> come see me about your situation. And just Kevin local mysterious like, guy. My situation. Yeah. What are you talking about? Uh, yeah, the Garveys has, have just yeah. gotten into town. He sees them in the Welcome Center. And Kevin knows that what he's talking about is Patty. And he's like, how does he's got to be talking about Patty? How does he know I have a Patty? Right. Yeah. Um, and he at first just kind of brushes it off, but eventually finds his way back to him uh, and learns that he had gone to him before. Actually, he had gone to him while he was sleepwalking uh yes. in which uh i i don't remember his name uh john murphy's father we'll, we'll me call either grandpa murphy or something but grandpa murphy then convinces kevin who's still asleep but is sleepwalking yeah. that he needs to and kill himself. And it's been himself. said that when he is asleep, it's he really does not seem asleep. The people that he is right. around cannot tell that he is sleepwalking. Yeah. Uh, but he's convinced Ke- Kevin to kill himself to help get rid of Patty, which is yes. then why we learn why he was at the lake that night with the cinder b- block and the rope and all that stuff. Uh, and it did not work. I uh, want to say that 
at the end of the season, we see that scene from Evie's point of view. We see her and her friends drive there to the lake and they spot Kevin with the cinder block tied around his, his, his leg. And he just like stares at them and they stare back at him. And then he does the funniest little scissor kick leap off of the yeah. rock into the water. <laughs> I don't know if it's supposed to be funny, but it really is. It, it's like he was about to take a step forward, but he hopped <laughs> off that back foot there. So just this like step hop. <laughs> <laughs> and he does it wordlessly. He just stares at them, turns around. Leaps like a ballerina. There's, there's not even like an awkward wave. Like, oh hey, no, it's just this like stare, and right. then no one does anything. So he's just like, all no. right, step. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. So uh, did, it, the killing himself did not work the first time. So he eventually goes back, and Grandpa Murphy convinces him to take poison. Uh, and he's like, hey, I have uh, a shot that will wake you up after after like I'm not actually trying to kill you, but you need to be dead for this to like get off of you here. Um, and so Kevin drinks the poison. And then Grandpa Murphy uh, wastes the shot and sh- 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 shoots himself in the head. He's dead. Uh, they are both. Yeah. Dead. And then we get an entire episode where Kevin is like in purgatory. Yeah. What, what you might think is purgatory, right? He's it's this big dream like sequence. He's in this hotel. He wakes up in the bathtub. Uh, he has to put on an outfit uh, because he picks the suit. The the. Purgatory now thinks he's an international assassin because he's in this like <laughs> James Bond esque suit. Yeah, and it's just this wild turn of events, weird things happening. Uh, that ultimately he figures out that like, oh, what he needs to do is hunt and kill Patty. Uh, and, and yeah. kill her. Um, he needs to ki- he needs to cross the threshold of life and death. To get to where she is and kill her again, like in well, I guess kill you know she killed herself the first time, really. Yeah, just but he has to cause a second death, the, a, a double death. Yeah, if if she dies in the dream, she'll die in real life, meaning she will stop following Kevin around and rickrolling him. Right. Yeah, and so he thinks he's figured it out. He he he's in the hotel room because she's apparently running for president in this dream world uh thing and he's gotten an interview with her is told to find the gun which is hidden in the toilet walks in the bathroom and sees what's his name the like wayne Wayne, just as we saw him last time in a bathroom (laughs) yeah so weird that we see him. I don't know why he was there or how he's connected to all of the stuff. It's the only characters that we recognize that Kevin sees in the hotel are characters who are dead. Or he also sees Mary in the distance. Mary, who is alive, but is in that sort of comatose state. 
she is right. also sort of in I, I don't want to say she's in between life and death but she is not living the way most other people are right. so everybody he sees is dead or he spots her in the distance and like we, we don't really like see her closely or hear her speak so she's sort of vaguely a part of this world a part of this right. limbo right yeah um but it's, it's just the weird thing of like why is he even in this purgatory thing here in this role it's it's strange but uh he ends up getting the gun is about to kill patty who he thinks is patty uh it looks like her but she's sitting there like no like i'm i'm not who you think i am i'm not patty i'm just a body double like i'm i'm an actor that has been paid to play her mm. uh, in in this because we knew you were going to try and kill her and all that stuff uh, ends up f- finding out that she that uh, the real Patty is this child uh, that he s- saved from the pool while he was in purgatory, all this stuff. Uh, and he has to find a way to kill this kid. Uh, during which he then gets a weird, mysterious message from his father through the TV. But his father's yeah. not dead. His father's just high <laughs> out of his mind on. Yeah, something. he's on like a. Yeah, he's on like a drug induced spirit journey. And that's like right. how he's able to access this realm. I, I love the setting that they're in, like a nice hotel. It's a really odd bottle episode. The fire alarm keeps so going weird, off, yeah. which is like a ploy, I think, because his dad told him, don't let anybody from th- that's a representative of the guilty remnant, anybody who's like in President Patty's political party. Uh, around here in this universe don't Don't let let any of them see you until it's time for you to actually go meet her so like the fire alarm keeps going off to get him out of his room so every time he turns on the tv it's crazy static until the one time like he gets his dad and then is that his dad tells him all of this and tells him that he has to take her to the well yeah which is what he does and he pushes this kid down the well and then it's just like ah shit i pushed a kid down the well he's about to leave but then he hears adult patty down there Mm. calling for for help at which he jumps in after her and it it was this odd like i like i i I guess i don't know exactly what he was trying to do but i understood it enough that like he he doesn't actually want to kill patty like he has nothing against patty yeah he's Uh, never meant her any malice he disagreed with her activities as his cult leader he he was never trying to break up the guilty remnant he was just like can you guys behave yourselves and maybe also give me my wife back please that would be nice yeah but yeah it's it was not his conscious idea to say let's kidnap patty he was shocked to find out that he had done it in his sleep and he was shocked when he like tried to let her go she's like no I'm ending this here. And then she killed herself. Yeah. Um, so he tries to save her in the well, but that mm-hmm. doesn't really work. They're both stuck down there. Uh, but then another earthquake ha- happens. And uh, that is when Kevin kind of wakes up uh, and finds out that he's been buried alive by uh, the by John Murphy's kid. So Michael. Yeah. Michael um 
And it just like it just the whole the whole sequence is weird. It's strange. We end up going back to th- this this thing yes! because Kevin gets shot again down the road. So he's back <laughs> by in this John hotel. Murphy. He's been killed right, yeah. twice by two generations of the Murphy family. Hasn't even been in town for like two weeks. He's never met these right. people. Yeah. And this is when that finally that palm print comes back. John does find out your palm print was on the car that my daughter was in. You have something to do with this. And Kevin's trying to explain to him that he doesn't. And John shoots him. Kevin dies. He goes back into the hotel limbo. And then this guy with an Australian accent, who I believe we do not know. I think this is a new character. Yeah. uh, Is there as this like arbiter of like the threshold between life and death. And there's a like a, a lounge there in the hotel where they're playing like a karaoke game, like spin the wheel. You have to sing whatever song the wheel lands on. And he's like, if you want to get back to your world, if you want to live again, Kevin, you have to sing. Yeah. Uh, and at first he's like, that, yeah, no, uh, th- that's stupid. Mm. Uh, but he eventually does. And yeah, it's just this like odd. Like, what is it like? This is so chaotic. Like, what is happening here? Like, why? I, so weird. I love it. I'm so happy that this these are the choices that the narrative makes to, to take these big, bold, <laughs> weird swings like Kevin dies a second time, goes back to the hotel purgatory. He has to karaoke his way back to life. And then we're just going to get three minutes of Justin Thoreau tragically singing uh, Simon and Garfunkel's Homeward Bound. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 weird. It's God. But so, yeah, he ends up waking up again. Mm. Uh, so he has died and resurrected twice. Now. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. You would expect this in a show like Supernatural or something that really plays with the supernatural with things like this happening. This is except for the departure a pretty normal world and here our main character has died and come back to life twice but before within 20 episodes he's already done this this is something that like another show would pull like deep into it no this is one of the main setups i looked at the like description of season three episode one um and it says like three years later the garveys are trying to start over or something Kevin tries to forget that he died. Tries to forget that he died twice. Um, Twice. Yeah. So, yeah, the whole thing is just chaos. And we we haven't even really gotten to the chaos that's outside of Miracle yet. But I think I think Mm. we should loop back around to how we get there, how we get to the finale. So you were mentioning that uh, there is the woman in the dress that takes pictures. Right. And there was that couple that. Yeah, it was Meg, wasn't it? It it was Meg. It was Liv Tyler's character. Yeah. And her husband that she ended up leaving and that we saw in the start of season. The guy who you thought was going to be important and then he ultimately was not. And you've never seen him again until this flashback. Yeah. 
turns out that in the past, before Meg became a or b- before what we saw her in season mm. one, um, she went to Miracle and she yeah. took a tour. She she was a tourist um, and she's seeing all the sites. They do the audio tour where they drive mm-hmm. around in golf carts and they have headphones on and they'll they'll hear and on the left this woman was trying on a wedding dress the day that the departure happened and now she wears it every single day for an hour for good luck and they're just sitting there like looking at at her just sitting out in her front lawn and she's like hey you want a picture and they're just they're just like no that's kind of weird but thanks no thanks Mm -hmm. (laughs) but but yeah so it turns out that meg has been there before yeah Uh, and meg is i what what was the thing that upset her i i I guess something upset her her and she's crying her mom died on october 13th the the day before the departure, this is something Matt says to her in season one. He's like, I understand why you're upset. You were grieving and then you felt like you were robbed of the chance to validly experience that grief. Right. Yeah. Um, so she's they're kind of waiting to leave the tour and she's just sitting on a bench and kind of crying, just mm. being sad. Um, and yeah, then we. We see Avi walk up and offer her a snack and is like, hey, do you want a baby carrot? She's like, you can't cry while you're eating a baby carrot. And it seems to help because they both just sit there and for the most part, just silently eat these carrots. And then... She's like, hey, if I knew a joke to cheer you up, I would say one, but I don't. And that's when Meg goes, knock, knock, who's there? Uh, broken p- pencil, broken p- p- pencil, who? I don't know. It's p- pointless, which is the really nihilistic joke that yeah. she told her father. Um, and so, like, immediately when I saw that those two characters met, I was like, that's it. I solved it. Like mm. she she joined yeah. the guilty remnant like she has not disappeared. They're planning something like I know that that's what is. Like, that's what's going to be the thing. And it yeah. turns out that that's exactly what yeah. ha- happened the, is that she the disappearance was staged. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Her and her friends disappeared on purpose and they made it look like maybe they had departed again. That was their intention to put that suspicion and that fear in people's minds. Yeah. And then they just happened um, to see Kevin uh, leap gracefully off of a rock uh, to his untimely death, yeah. which and he was ultimately saved from. They had already taken their like vow of silence. Yeah. So it's not like they, so they could, can't be I mean, like, they could hey. have said uh, something, but yeah, they were just like, we're <laughs> just like, going to stand here and watch. Yeah, I, you know, that's your prerogative, dude. Do you, do you want to leap off a rock with a cinder block tied to your leg? I guess you can. Life means yep. nothing. Goodbye. Exactly. 
Uh, so yeah, weird things are happening with that. But Meg, Meg in season two has kind of become the villain of this show. Yeah, and I love it. I was yeah, not expecting, not that, expecting at that at all. Exactly. She's a very compelling villain. <laughs> Especially like so. we were talking last episode about her, her beautiful voice. To hear that voice be sinister is an exciting new turn. Yes, indeed. Um, and is she there's still there's still mysteries about the guilty remnant that I want to know. Because there is yeah. this idea that they are a bigger organization than what we have seen. And mm. with the death of Patty, Meg has kind of taken over what was left of that chapter. Uh, and yeah. yeah, we we like she's kind of taking over, but going rogue at the same time. Mm. Like she's not necessarily doing the things that the guilty remnant want her to do exactly. She's still kind of doing things like she's like, all right, like, doing enough to get by. Or like, yeah. Or like she's telling them, yes, I will take my group to this one particular protest you have planned. Definitely I'll be there. I won't be doing my own very extreme protest somewhere else. Yeah, she might just send a small group of them to be at the thing that you actually want them to be at. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and yeah, but so the, the whole thing is that she is, I guess, somehow since Miracle has not been hit by the d departure, she's basically wanting to teach them lessons and take all of the stuff that they have away. And so what has been built up around Miracle is this kind of junk town, right? This this like shanty town thing of trailers and tents and it looks like a big music festival with everyone being half naked or full on naked and there's yeah. this, this like small economy that has just like popped up around uh this but they're all like criminals and crooks and people who are desperate to like get in it's, and and yeah. like smuggle it's things a, in and out and yeah it's a lot of different people mostly people who want to be close to miracle but like can't get in or like right, maybe yeah. they could go in for like a couple hours on a visitor's pass, but they want to be closer to it. Like they want to live in that town, but they can't get in as residents. So they, yeah, just live in a trailer on the outskirts of the town and try and sneak in and try and get like a, a drink of water from the, from the river or whatever. Yeah. It is. Um, it remind, I don't know if you've ever seen contact. No, I have not. Have, have you seen Muppets from space? No, I have not. <laughs> oh, those you are the two I'm movies. Very lacking in my <laughs> Muppets. Uh, we have covered this many times. Uh, yeah. Those are both movies where there is an alien activity and people. How about Mars Attacks? I think it happens in Mars Attacks. I've seen that, but it was a long right. time ago. Movies where there is an alien activity and maybe it's in Close Encounters. This is a thing. This happens in many movies and people I've, of I've all sorts of different. Like it, yeah. Yeah, people of all these different faiths flock to that area to be there, to be close to it and to worship it. It's there's people like that. There are criminals. There are weirdos. It's a lot of different people 
live outside of uh, Jarden. It's not entirely uh, <laughs> the criminal scum or something. Like, it seems yeah. like there are some noble religious people there. And also some people that just want to be hit with an oar while you yell Brian at them. It's just, yeah, that's uh, that was a weird thing. But, like, that's, that's kind of what I mean. Like, if normal people are there, just the fact that they are so desperate to get yes. in and yeah. do that, they have turned to desperate measures and do these weird yeah. things and ha- learn how to make money in these strange ways or they have these yeah. like new rules of like okay well if you steal something you're gonna be stripped and then put in these stocks uh because yeah and the only way you the get stocks back yeah and then the only way you get out of the stocks is if somebody volunteers to take your place yeah uh and so yeah this the, the this whole season kind of culminates in meg manipulating this disappearance of these three girls to stir unrest within miracle mm. uh and then on the outside uh kind of use the members of her guilty remnant to inspire the people on the outside to then hey once this mess has been uncovered in town go storm it like just just go take it and have a giant fucking party inside mm-hmm. like you you can now go go in and that's what they do all of these people go in and storm it and just completely like demolish the town like everything's on fire everything's been burnt down and destroyed and knocked down and they just had this like end of the world party is is mm. kind of what it felt like and poor kevin because he he wakes up from dying the first time only to get shot a second time which we've mentioned yes but things hadn't really been uncovered yet so the town is still the town on the inside he dies and when he wakes up he goes outside and the town is just destroyed (laughs) and just completely just ruined and it's just, it just has to be so disorienting and then to immediately see like meg and the guilty i'm right there and just like what the f- where did you guys come from why are you just here stop what's going stop on stop following me i just want to live a quiet life i know it's just like just the things that must be going through his mind at the end there it's just like Oh my god, this is wild. All of that in addition to just where is my family? Is my family yeah. safe? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um the It was oh, go ahead. I just want to say that the family stuff this season was one of the strongest elements to me. I'd like to see his relationship with Nora grow. They are referring to them collectively as the Garveys. Jeremy and Nora aren't married, but they have just sort of wordlessly made this immense commitment to each other where they're like, why? Where else would we go? Why would we leave each other? It's we love each other. And also it is safe and comforting for us to stick together. We Mm -hmm. we're both people who don't want the unknown anymore. Like they have this sense of for better or for worse, we're each other's (laughs) till we die or disappear. We're, we're going to adopt this cute little baby we found on her doorstep. Uh, we're going to take Jill and we're going to make a new life in this town. After Jill spent all of last season 
angsting about how her family fell apart. It is nice to see her really connect with Nora now and like really be a good big sister to Lily. She's very active in taking care of Lily. The whole family is. And one of the reasons they moved to that town is that Matt and Mary had gotten in there uh, because Matt is friends with one of the local pastors and they wanted to, to be close to them and see them. Those two families spend more time with each other. <laughs> like that the Garveys keep getting things added onto them. It's like, well, Kevin, you've um, adopted this dog. Uh, yeah. This baby was on your doorstep. You've adopted Mar- You've adopted a baby. Matt has to go out into the wilderness. He needs to go out into the stocks. So you're also taking care of Mary. I want, I really wanted them to just ca- keep getting things piled on top of them. I, yeah. I love the, the final shot of the episode. I, th- I think it's like the final shot of the season or like one of the final scenes is that after all of this, Kevin does get home. There's Nora, there's Jill, there's Lily, Matt and Mary are there and Lori and Tommy are back in town. They're, I guess, in mm-hmm. town for the first time. First time we've ever had all of these characters in one room. And it was delightful to me that that is what he comes back to, that everybody's yeah. there. They're not fighting. They're just there to connect and support each other. We'll see where they are, you know, years from now when season three picks up again in the timeline of the show. But I like that for at least one scene, everybody's together and everybody is safe. Yeah. Um, I, I have to say, we did not get to talk about Tommy and Kevin's first wife, uh, all, all Lori. That, or I, yeah, Lori. I, I actually don't think that's his first wife, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I don't remember, but um, I, I, I don't remember a previous our, wife being mentioned. She had a previous husband. It might be that then, because I, I, I was, I was, I was going to say, aren't Tommy and Jill not blood related? They're, they're, they're half siblings. Like, Lori had Tommy well, with right, that other half, man who like, she left. That's, and then, yeah, she, that's then she married Kevin. Like, one of them is with the other dude. So I, yeah. I was mixing up that Kevin may have. Like, yeah. that might be Kevin's first wife, but it's not yes. Lori's first husband, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we, we haven't really gotten to talk much about Tom or Lori in the in when we covered season one or in this one all all that much but they i I think this one they started to get into some more interesting stuff with yes um where in season two Lori has now broken out of the guilty remnant and she's kind of using tommy to infiltrate the guilty remnant Mm. and get people out and be like, hey, you like there's actually a better way to do all of this stuff. And they're doing it and it's going OK. Like it's, you know, it's small time, but, it, you, you know, they're, they're making some things happen. Uh, meanwhile, she's writing a book about her experiences in the guilty mm-hmm. remnant, which is pretty cool. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, but then Tommy is also just having to go in and act like he's a member of the guilty remnant is starting to get to him or he's like like hey they're starting to make sense here with all the stuff that they do um and then they end up deciding to be like well what if we just take wayne's story 
and start yeah. doing what Wayne did and just like give give these people that we've saved something else to believe in, even if it's a, a lie. It, 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 yeah. it might be fake, but it's something else, right? Yeah, like Lori's been trying to rehabilitate all these guilty remnant members and it, it's worked with some people, not with others. And she's like, why isn't this working? As much mm-hmm. as I need it to work. And Tommy says, you're taking that out of them, mom. You aren't doing that. Not putting anything you aren't giving in. them anything to take that take its place. And that's when she's like, they need something else to believe in. Let's make Tommy a new God. Uh, let's make my yep. son a God and they'll believe in him. Yep, indeed. Uh, that was a weird turn of, of events with that. I wasn't expecting that for Tommy or whoever. Um, yeah. But yeah, like they're, they're starting to get into some more interesting stuff. I think the thing I liked the least and I've liked the least so far about this show. I don't really like Matt and his sister. Like I just I'm not interested you don't like in Matt their stories. Oh, my God. Matt's my favorite. Well, I've been spending this whole, okay. this whole record. But it's Matt and his life like their story to me. I just am uninterested in. And when they do the whole thing that focuses on them, I'm just like, I'm so bored with this. Like, I I don't like any of this. I think those have been some of the strongest elements of the show for me. I love Matt as this Job character who is constantly being tested, constantly being tortured and deprived and he keeps striving uh his episode and much like in season one we've got an episode that's mainly devoted to matt mm-hmm. we see him living the same day over and over again not in a groundhog day way but the same habits like wakes up he takes care of mary he gets to pick her up out of the car and put her in her chair and go into the grocery store and prepare her food and just live in this tiny little like cottage on the grounds of the church where he's working. They have this mm-hmm. very small, repetitive life. And you think that it is an example of just how just how small Matt's life has become, you know, that, how little that he is up to, that it's just sort of become this very rote, uh, habitual life. And then you find out that he is doing the same things over and over again playing the same song and a CD player every day, going to the grocery store every day as these rituals. Because him and Mary came to Jarden and one night she woke up. She woke up from her her comatose state. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They were able to talk and laugh together. They spent the night together. And he was like, I wanted to take her to the hospital to get her checked out, to find out what in her condition has changed. And she was like, no, Matt, I just want to spend all this time with you. You know, they they slept together that night for the first time in, in years. And he's been doing the same day over and over again to recreate that. He's striving to get her to wake up again. Yeah. And it puts this very tragic spin on everything that you've just seen that you thought was a joke at Matt's expense uh, on how plain his life is. It's like he has chosen to do that out of belief that this will mm-hmm. work, that he will bring her um the, the, back into life again as it were and then you find like he takes her in for a checkup to see like is there any change in her condition how's she doing and then it turns out that from that night they spent together however long ago she is pregnant 
and nobody, seemingly nobody but Nora really believes him when he says that she woke up. Nora, Nora and maybe Matt does. And so everybody's giving him this look like, you assaulted your comatose wife. And he's like, I didn't. She woke up one night. She was there. Like, she was alive. She was fully alive yeah. and, and conscious and speaking and consenting. We had a great time together. She just went back into the state. And I don't know why. And I don't know what it takes to bring her out of this again. He's like, I just know that I need to get her back into Jarden, where this blessed town where she will be safe and the baby will be safe. And the, there was this episode where, like, they leave town, go to the doctor's appointment, and on their way back into town where he's like, you're pregnant. You, we thought we couldn't conceive at all. This is a miracle. We need to get back into the miracle town because I bet that's going to protect you both. And then you're going to wake up again and we're going to be this beautiful little family. They're, the, everybody has these wristbands that prove you are a citizen or a confirmed long-term visitor of Jarden. And they get mugged for their wristbands and like he can't get back in. Like it's this huge struggle to get her back into the town. They have to sneak in through like a drainage pipe. There's a really funny scene where like they go into the pipe and the camera stays at the exit to the pipe. They go in and then you see all this banging and clanging and cursing like they can't get through the grate at the other end and it's raining. And then you just see the two of them come washing out with the flesh blood. (laughs) It's. It's so it's such a tragic comedy what they do with Matt for like one episode every season with his struggle to just protect what he has to just he never wants anything fancy for himself. In the first season, it was like, I would like to hold on to my church. I would like for this building to still be uh, the church that it always has been. And instead he gets and he gets the money, but he doesn't get it in time and it's stolen away from him. In this season, he's like, I would like to get my wife and myself back into the town where we live. And they're like, well, you don't have the wristbands to prove that you live here. You can't get back in town. At the end, he does get Mary back in town. But he's like, I, I need to pay some penance for anything I may have done wrong, or at least what people believe I may have done wrong. I'm going to put myself in the stocks. I'm <laughs> this weird, like, warden woman of the outskirts of Jardin who's there to yell at you about justice and whether or not a baby is yours. He's like, I'm going I'm to go up there. I volunteer. I release whoever that man was who was already trapped up there. Yeah. I, I put myself in penance, and I believe that Mary and the baby will be safe in the town. Another thing I really like about that episode is that Matt and Mary can't get in. They call Kevin. Kevin's just moved in. They need a more senior you know that senior citizen but somebody who's like lived in jordan for a long time to prove no we know these people they do live here so that kevin brings in john and there's a very tense scene between matt and john where john is like your wife did not wake up because jordan is not a magical miracle town that's like the story people tell but that's not what we are and i love that kevin is the protagonist of this story but we get to see Kevin sometimes as just a bystander when the story focuses on somebody else. And I love that it's an incredibly tense conversation between Matt and John and Kevin's just like staring around very confused, which is what he does best. Uh, if you just want to see Justin Throw look like intensely confused so much of the time, that's it what just, the show like, is here for. It looks like his forehead would hurt by how much his <laughs> he looks painfully is just confused yes. yeah it's just like 
like he's he's always just like he has his like the like middle bit between your eye brows is always <laughs> wrinkled in confusion and it's just like it feels like he has that facial expression so much that the muscles to like make it do that are just so on point and sharp and it's just like what ah! what is going on he's like, gonna get a really just, buff forehead right his, his forehead gets chiseled. a real workout <laughs> yeah i in summation i love matt's story i i like narratively the story of a man of faith whose faith is tested he's the john locke of this show in a lot yeah. of ways mm-hmm. Uh, just how far are you willing to go? When do you possibly when, if ever, do you turn your back on what it is that you believe in? Maybe because turning your back on it is safer and better for you. Uh, I like him and I like the tragic comedy of how the lengths he has to go to all these things he has to do to just make his to just lead a solid, good, small, simple life. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah yeah I mean that's that's the thing. Like I I don't think Matt's stories are bad. Like they do a great job telling those stories, right? But it's just for me personally, I'm just not interested in his story. Like the things that capture my attention are the mysteries, are the like how, mm. how did this lake get emptied out? Why is the, this ancient the cave woman here. Who's the man on the pillar? Like, what is this purgatory place? Like, like I want to know that stuff. I want to, I want to follow the crime story of like what happened to these missing girls here. Um, so it's it. Yeah, I like I I like all of that stuff. And it, season two absolutely started to give me more of that. Uh, yeah, so I, yeah, which is why I was like, oh, I really like this season that that's great. That's good. I think it, it is. It's rich in mystery. It's rich in character moments and tension and threat uh, like Matt's situation with Mary, where he he says she woke up, but nobody else can prove it. Kevin's situation where like his palm is on the car mm-hmm. and he knows nobody will buy what he says about how innocently he was there there's this threat of what happens if somebody knows something if secrets get out especially in the context of these people moving to this small town for a fresh start i like that form of threat this season i like the increase in the chaos energy and just all the weird little side things going on like the goat man (laughs) good stuff indeed um, I think that's about all I have to say on season two. I don't know if I have much more that I can dig into. This was g- g- good, though. I, I en- enjoyed this a lot. Yes. This was good. This was I I liked season one. Um, But watching this season, I was like, oh, this is why I've heard people speak so highly of this show. <laughs> right yeah i i really get it now um i am pulling up my bingo card i don't know if i'm gonna have any yeah, i have a bingo I oh man how do you get all the 
freaking I still have one, you now have six? Is that what you're Kyle. telling me? Uh one, two, three, four, five, six. Yes. Do you also have the square actor is themselves? Yes. Did I miss this? It's very small. In season one, they're talking about how the entire cast of the 80s sitcom Perfect Strangers vanished in the departure. And that's why anytime anybody's watching TV and it's not the news for exposition reasons, it's, they're watching Perfect Strangers because that show okay. just keeps running in memoriam. There's a bit this season where somebody's watching TV and the news is like, we found Perfect Strangers star Mark Lynn Baker <laughs> secretly hiding oh. out in Mexico. It's like, Mark, okay. you didn't depart. You faked your departure. And he's like, leave me alone. I'm not who you think I am. I, I, yeah, I do remember that scene. That's not one that I would have caught at all. Uh, this is the I, one thing I, I knew about, about the show going into it, is that everybody from Perfect Strangers disappeared. And then you found out that ooh, Mark Lynn Baker is still alive. That's funny. Okay, so I marked that one down. And again... No bingos for me. Wow. You you wound I, up like, with a, a you I'm I like I feel like hopefully by the end of the year I'll get like one or two things but like I'm set up so that I have like one, two, three, four, five I have like five of them that I could like all that all just need like one more square. Yeah. Uh so like yeah, there's there's some that if I get this one and that one, that's like, oh, that's three right there, because I got this one and this one and that one. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah. Uh, You've got a couple detonators that are hopefully, <laughs> hopefully can blow I'll by the end up. of the season. <laughs> oh man, that that'd be so bad if, if I don't. <laughs> if I still just have that <laughs> one bingo by the end of the year. <laughs> I think it okay. all comes down to like just the a luck of the draw when it comes to yeah. cheat layout, which you can't predict. Indeed, indeed. Mark Lynn Baker coming out for me. Okay, uh, well, since this is season two, we do not do recommendations on this nope. one. We save them for the first one and the last one. Uh, so no yeah. recommendations on this. However, I do have pitches for next week. Yeah, normally we would do this the week before. Uh, so we've got two weeks to kind of think about what we're watching or reading next. But you needed an, another week to put them together, which is fine. Yeah. I'm excited to learn now what we will be covering next week. Indeed. Uh, pitch number one here. Well, all right. So I, I did mention last week that I would be pitching a bunch of superhero comics. Uh, it's been a little bit since we've just done a superhero yeah. comic proper. Uh, so yeah, I thought it would be, it would be good to go back to that. So pitch number one is mm -hmm. an event book from DC Comics entitled Flashpoint. Uh, this ah. is not a dream, not an imaginary story, not an Elseworld tale. This is flash fact. When Barry Allen wakes up at his desk, he discovers the world has changed. His family is alive. Loved ones are strangers and close friends are different, gone or worse. It's a world on the brink of a cataclysmic war. But where are Earth's greatest heroes to stop it? 
It's a place where America's last hope is Cyborg, who intends to gather the forces of the Outsider, the Secret Seven, Shazam, Citizen Cold, and other new and familiar yet altered faces. It's a world that could be running out of time if the Flash can't find the villain who altered the timeline. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's only five issues, and it's available on Comixology oh. Unlimited, so it'd be a short one. That's, um, that's shorter than I thought it would be for how much this is talked about as a major comic event. Yeah, sure is. Yep. Uh, I mean, they're like, if you really want to get into it this is when they stopped doing the like the issue or the the event is like eight to twelve ish issues it's now a shorter okay. story but there's all these tie-ins if you really want to okay. go out there and read like yeah. okay what was the batman tie-in or what was the wonder woman tie-in or all that stuff and it helps to fill out that that main story but the main one is only five issues. Uh, and like I said, that's available on Comixology Unlimited, as are my other two pitches. Very nice. Pitch number two. Let's take a gander back to the Valiant universe. Uh, this is Exo Manowar, uh, who I, I like to descri- describe as a mix between Iron Man and Thor. Um, yes. So let's, let's see. This is the beginning of the all new Valiant universe starts here. Eric of Dacia is a brash warrior and heir to the, the throne of the Visigoth people. He has lived his life under the heel of the Roman Empire, but now a far more terrible enemy has come to subjugate him taken from his home and family eric is enslaved aboard a starship belonging to a brutal race of alien colonizers known as the vine if he is to have any hope of escaping and returning to earth he will have to steal the vine's most powerful weapon a sentient suit of indestructible armor and become exo man of war uh so the ones that i want to read uh they are written by robert venditti uh with pencils by carrie nord uh, this was from, I want to say, back in like 2012, and I would like to read the first three volumes of that. I've actually read this before, and those first th- three make for a g- 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 good like arc and introduction to the character mm-hmm. there. Uh, so that's the first three volumes. Let me see, where is volume two? There's three. Let me see how much that one is. Oh, that's the deluxe one. That's not what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, well, I, I will. I, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it's like the first 15 issues. Um, okay. So a little bit more, but very doable. Because uh, I remember these ones reading very fast. So there you go. Mix between Thor and Iron Man. And last but not least, pitch number three, 
Uh, I would like to read the first two volumes of Miss Marvel. Uh, we know mm. that there is going to be an upcoming Disney Plus show about her in the near future. Uh, but Miss Marvel from 2014 uh, is written by G. Willow Wilson and art by Adrian Alfana um, and the cover art by Sarah Pacelli. Uh, this is collecting the first handful of is issues of this brand new character. Uh, Marvel Comics presents the all-new Miss Marvel, the groundbreaking heroine that has become an international sensation. Kamala Khan mm -hmm. is an ordinary girl from Jersey City until she is empowered with extraordinary gifts. But who truly is the all-new Miss Marvel? Teenager? Muslim? In... In... He, he, human? Find out as she takes the Marvel Universe by storm. As Kamala discovers the dangers of her newfound powers, she unlocks secrets behind them as well. Is Kamala ready to... wield these immense new gifts? Or will the weight of the legacy before her be too much to handle? Mala mm. has no idea either, but she's coming for you. That's what it says. Um, nice. So, yeah, I, I have yet to read these these books here, but I've heard nothing but great things. Uh, she's a character that has since stuck in the Marvel universe, which is very yeah. rare and very difficult to do nowadays. Um and uh, the recent Avengers video game had her as the main yes. character, uh, which is oh. amazing. Um, I knew she was the main character. Yeah, of of the story mode thing, yeah. she is like the the main uh, character there. Uh, but fun fact about her. Yeah, she is a normal teenage girl who likes to write fan fiction about the oh. Marvel heroes. So now that she like that. Like, is getting these powers and stuff she's meeting the people that's like oh i just met dr strange and daredevil please please don't go to my website there might be some uh fan fiction of you two making out and doing other things <laughs> on my website like <laughs> like that 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 is the kind of stuff that she does i like that and, and i so like that she, a yeah, lot she, i think that's fun she gets to meet all of her <laughs> heroes and be, be, be like is this a, a team up my first team up this is amazing i love Aww. this um and there is uh we got to interview stephanie cook on the captain's log yes. a while back and i mentioned that i found out about her from the talking comics podcast uh when she used to be on that show and there is a guy on that show who uh has uh been reading comics since like the marvel universe got started and all of this stuff and he mm. when he read these he was like these are incredible this is exactly what it felt like when spider-man first got started like Aww. the same magic that was was in in that was was uh neat but uh but yeah, I'm I'm interested in all of the, these ones. I think Flashpoint would be uh, an interesting read for for us because we have not read the Flash yet. Uh, it is an ev not. event book, um, and it's one that is 
pivotal for a number of reasons, good and bad. Um, so I, I think it would be an interesting discussion. Good uh, and bad. Good and, and bad. Yeah. Um, Exo Man of War. I really like that character. I haven't read much. I'm we, we've covered some Valiant comics uh, on, mm. on here and I always like to give them like, hey, don't forget, like if you like superhero yeah. hero books, these guys have some great ones. Um, so I figured going back to to that might uh, might do us some some good there because I, I i think for the most part we've enjoyed the stuff that we've read from valiant here on the show and yeah, I know I've, it's all I've been very different personally that i have enjoyed very much so there you go and then miss marvel who you just heard me talk about at length yeah i'd, I'd love to get to know miss marvel at some point uh i'm sure exo manowar is a nice guy I think I've told you that I don't understand his name uh, and I don't mean to be rude, but that turns me off of the book. I don't understand why his <laughs> name is both Exo and Manowar. I feel like if it was only one or the other, I'd understand it better. Or if his name was Manowar XO, like that was like a model number. But the fact that it's Exo Manowar, like he's signing off like he's Gossip Girl. I can't I can't get it through my head. I, don't... I, I think the suit is the Manowar armor and the exo is meant to just be like a weird cool way of being it's an exo suit like if that makes sense it's the exo man okay if that, that makes does sense. help i think i think that, that's that it helps I me out i could be completely wrong though <laughs> i don't know for sure <laughs> every time you say the words exo man war it's like you open your mouth and just a bunch of spaghetti came out like i don't i can't process it as words hugs um, and kisses oh man war <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna go with flashpoint um, okay this is a title like I, this is a specific storyline i've heard a lot about i've heard a lot about miss marvel yeah. as a character but um, and I know this is her origin story and of course, an origin mm -hmm. story. The first comics you appear in are very important. But like I am aware of Flashpoint as a major event. I've seen things that allude to it, like in I think it's Batman v Superman where he shows up and he's like, Lois is the key. Wait a minute. I'm not supposed to be here now. All right. Bye, Bruce. I'll catch you later at the correct time. And I know that's what this Flash movie is going to be. And uh, it, we were just talking about in The Leftovers season two, Kevin goes to this plane where he's living like an alternate life and he sees these characters that he knows in a different light. Yeah. And this mm -hmm. feels like a nice follow up to that. I really like stories where you go to a world and it's like, you're not supposed to be doing that. Why are you here? Where'd so and so go? I like a story of alternate Good universes. Stuff. So, yeah. yeah, I think Flashpoint sounds the, the, the most valuable for me to read in my comics knowledge at this point. Sounds good. Sounds good to me. Uh, well, that is what we will do for this next week. Uh, I'm excited to dive into Flashpoint and talk about it with you. Uh, I just for those out there, there's also an animated movie of Flash. That's right. Point that's out there. So if you guys want extra stuff, you guys can go watch that uh but yeah that is what we shall do for this next week 
Uh, and then, yeah, don't forget at the end of this month, at the end of November, we will be covering season three of The Leftovers. Yes. So get excited about that, too. But for now, Melissa, where can the people find you on the Internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And listen to my other podcast, Saturday Morning Obscurities. So where me and my brother Jams talk about weird old kids shows you feel like only you remember. There you go. You guys can follow me at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter. And if you guys want to stay up to date with all of the stuff that we do here at The Whatnots, we are on Twitter at The Whatnots. So go like, share, subscribe. You guys know the deal with that. That would help us out a ton. Uh, and yeah, that wraps us up for number 182 of The Whatnots Review Show. We will see you all next week. Bye. Bye.